This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. Okay, so now is our time. Yes, we've been waiting patiently for years, it seems like, for this kind of market correction. So we're in the middle of this unprecedented December stock sell-off. And instead of being afraid, value investors, we all should be pretty giddy right now because this means a lot of stocks are now on sale. Does this mean that the selling is done, that we should be diving in immediately, that it can't go lower? No, doesn't mean any of that. But we should be looking at this as a buying opportunity and at some of your favorite stocks, what you think you might have wanted to buy a couple months ago should be much cheaper now. So why not take another look again, right? And just as a reminder, no one can time the market bottoms exactly correct. Nobody. And every blue moon, there is someone who gets lucky and they call it and then everybody's like, he or she is a genius for basically the next several decades. But the rest of us, we can never really time it correctly. So my advice is not to try. But the good news is that you don't have to time it correctly to actually get the benefits, especially if you're a long-term investor. Obviously, if you're trading it and you have the short-term time horizon, trying to time it you know, closer to the bottom is vital for you, but for longer-term investors, not quite so vital. So some of you might remember that during the financial crisis, when it seemed pretty grim, in 2008 this was, Warren Buffett actually published an op-ed in the New York Times. And I, I've only referred to this op-ed, I think, one other time since he's written it in the last 10 years, because there was no reason to refer to his op-ed, because <laughs> it was not dark times. But I know in 2011, I referred back to this op-ed. So it has been seven or eight years since I had to dig out the op-ed now that is pretty famous, but some of you might not be aware of it, that he wrote in 2008. Okay, so the title of it was called Buy American, I Am. And in it, he said he was buying stocks in his personal account. Now I'm going to read a little bit about what he said, because I think it's very relevant to what we are facing right now. This sell-off isn't as bad as 2008, 2009 was, thank goodness, but it has certain elements of the fear factor and things starting to creep in and that I'm seeing all the time on social media now. So let me read a little bit about what he wrote and you'll see what I'm talking about. So he said, a simple rule dictates my buying. Be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. And most certainly, fear is now widespread, gripping even seasoned investors. To be sure, investors are right to be wary of highly leveraged entities or businesses in weak competitive positions. But fears regarding the long-term prosperity of the nation's many sound companies makes no sense. These businesses will indeed suffer earnings hiccups, as they always have. But most major companies will be setting new profit records 5, 10, and 20 years from now. Let me be clear on one point. I can't predict the short-term movements of the stock market. I haven't the faintest idea as to whether stocks will be higher or lower a month or a year from now. What is likely, however, is that the market will move higher, 
perhaps substantially so, well before either sentiment or the economy turns up. So if you wait for the robins, spring will be over. And then he goes on to talk a little bit about the more on the market type timing. And he says, equities will almost certainly outperform cash over the next decade, probably by a substantial degree. Those investors who cling now to cash are betting they can efficiently time their move away from it later. In waiting for the comfort of good news, they are ignoring Wayne Gretzky's advice. And he said, quote, I skate to where the puck is going to be not to where it has been, unquote. So that's some advice from Warren Buffett in 2008. Now, he actually wrote this op-ed in the New York Times, and it was published on October 16th, 2008. Now, those of you who do recollect that era 10 years ago, the dark times, you would know that the S&P 500 didn't actually bottom until March 9th, 2009, So almost five months later. So what does this say? Warren Buffett was early, which he said in the op-ed, he didn't know if there was further downside still to come and he wasn't trying to market time it. So he was way early. The S&P 500 actually fell another 28% from the day that this op-ed was published until March 9th. So 28% percent further downside. So you can't really say that he called the bottom here because he really didn't, but he wasn't trying. But the rest of his advice, you know, 10 years later, looking back, we don't know for sure what stocks he bought in his personal account because he didn't actually say in the op-ed, but whatever those are, if he's still holding them 10 years later, his advice in here that he's pretty sure they would be doing better probably is pretty correct, even though we don't know for sure what they are. But I would say that's probably pretty good odds. So his advice that he gave in 2008 still stands in this correction. He's not saying to buy the weak companies, and I'm not saying you should either. But the panic that we're seeing out there right now, and yeah, I kind of call it a panic. It's a bearish kind of sentiment, is punishing even the finest companies in the world, basically, and trying to argue that a lot of them can't handle a recession that may or may not be coming. And I think that's not giving management some credit here. A lot of these companies have... You know, they survived the Great Recession. They survived the 1990 recession. They survived the dot-com bust recession. (laughs) Many of them survived the Great Depression. Of course, that's backward looking and it has no guarantee on future results. But I like some of my odds with a lot of the great American companies. And remember to buy the company, not the trade. Know what you're buying and buy that business. So what businesses are on sale right now? because some things are looking a little little juicy here for us. And I took a look. I did like a very basic screen. I first screened for Zach's rank one, twos, and threes because I wanted to get just the a broad base of companies. I thought ones and twos might be a little too narrow. The number threes are the hold stocks, remember, but that's the biggest group and nothing wrong with hold stocks. So I wanted to include those. And then I literally, I did a first screen where I just searched for stocks 
with PEs under eight. I didn't even do 10 this time. I did eight because I wanted really cheap. And then I also asked for a dividend because a dividend can tell you a lot about a company, about how it's managing its cash flow and its business. There's no guarantee on any dividend, of course, that it won't be cut as we all saw with General Electric. But uh, some of these looks pretty solid here. So I found four companies here that I thought were interesting and really, really cheap that I thought we should talk about. And then I'm going to talk about some of the fangs. I had to take a look at those to see what was going on there. And a few other names maybe we've talked about in the past that I know some of you might be interested as well. So let's jump in with the ones that are super cheap and pay the dividend. So the first one is a bank, and you shouldn't be surprised by that. It's one of the big four, Citigroup, ticker C, that has a PE of just 7.4 now. So that's among the cheapest I've seen it in quite some time. Year to date, these shares are now down 34%. So pretty much getting smashed here. Dividend yield, though, now 3.7 for Citigroup. They're going to be reporting soon in early in 2019. So we're going to be hearing a lot from all the big banks. Now might be an opportunity to get in before they report because you might see a boost. Maybe, maybe not. We don't know on it, but got to like the setups of the big banks right here. Second category and second stock is in the chemicals. We've talked a lot about the chemical companies because a lot of them are on sale. This is a different one than we've talked about in the past. Huntsman, ticker H-U-N. These shares are down 47% year to date, now trading at just 5.5 times, like dirt cheap, basically. Dividend yield, 3.6%. So pretty juicy there too might want to take a look at some of the chemical companies. And then switching over to the retail side, we've talked about retail a lot this year. They really rebounded early on in the year and it looked like they were off to the races. And now we've just had probably the best holiday season of the last 10 years and consumer spending was up dramatically. Some of the final numbers are still coming in, but it was a new record for online sales throughout the entire holiday season, not just the Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend, but it continued on. And we saw big retail gains just in general of the consumer spending, the highest in six years. So you think the retail stocks would be doing pretty good, but they've also been sold off in the sell-off. So a lot of them are now deals. And one of the ones that I have talked about and I like, again, because it's pulled back down off of its highs, is Macy's, ticker M. PE is just 6.7 now with Macy's. And that dividend yield, which it never cut, even in 2017, when everyone thought Amazon was taking over all of retail, still yielding 5.4%. So pretty juicy there. Shares are still up year to date, but only 9.2%. So they've come down off those highs, but it's one you might want to take a look at again, if you've kind of written it off a couple months ago. And then we're going to switch over to the insurance side. Yes, of course, insurance. This is the second week in a row I've had an insurer on here. This is like the property side again, and it's MetLife M-E-T is the ticker. This one, P-E of just 7.1, dividend yield of 4.4%. Year to date now, they're down 24%. So yeah, even, even the quote unquote boring property insurers and um, insurance companies, 
down big off their highs now. That kind of tells you something that people are just selling, selling indiscriminately and selling everything. But you get a nice dividend yield with this one and it's cheap. So let's turn to a few other names that I've mentioned over the course of the year. Are these super cheap? I think they might be. So Picar, we've talked about. This is the maker of heavy duty trucks, the Kenworths and Peterbilts. And the shares are still down big, down 26% year-to-date, still really cheap, 8.7%. Now, this didn't come up in my screen, but I was also screening for pegs. I was looking for pegs under one, which gives you the growth component too, not just the cheapness factor. And Picar peg is still 0.8. So you got to like that because you're getting that rare combination of both growth and value. Then I took a look at Restoration Hardware because that came up in a peg search. I did a peg screen and it's now trading at just 12.9. So not quite as cheap as these other ones that have really super low PEs, but that's, that's pretty cheap. And it has a peg of just 0.7. So it too has that great peg. Year-to-date, these shares are still up 23%, but they are well off their highs as well. And as many of you know who follow me on Twitter, I do own Restoration Hardware in my own personal portfolio. So I've been dealing with the ups and downs on that one for quite a number of years. But Restoration Hardware down off its highs and looking a little more juicy here. Now, I took a look at Chipotle because I did wonder, Meh, what's that one doing it had the big sell-off on the PR disasters. It's run up again. And I thought maybe it's pulled back here on the sell-off. But no, Chipotle is one of the few that's kind of holding on here. It's still up 32% year-to-date. It is off the highs, but still up on the year. And still trading with that PE of 45. So, so far, I haven't been able to get in and get it any cheaper. Still got a peg that's a little too expensive for me too at 2.6 times there. So Chipotle, not really on sale, but keeping an eye on it because you don't, you never know when the sellers are going to get into that one or if they will. So we'll see. And then of course, I, I did take a look at a lot of the FANG stocks because how could I resist, right? I know some of them are getting a little bit juicier here. And I've done episodes where I checked in to see if the FANGs were in the value area or even just on sale. And some of them are. So not everyone is as cheap as you might hope, but we already know Apple. It's been a value stock for many years. It is off of its highs. I think it was trading the last time I talked about it around 16 times or so. It's now has a PE of 11, has a peg slightly above one at just 1.1. And year-to-date, shares are now down 14%. So that's why you're getting that little bit more attractive PE. You do get the dividend. It's paying 2% now. So Apple spend the value, and it is a little more attractive here. Facebook's never been a value, but it's getting closer. I can't say, you know, ring the bell and say, yes, it's finally there. But it's it's getting very close. So Forward P now is just 16.8 times. That's its cheapest since its IPO. It does have a value peg now, a peg of just 0.8. So it's got growth plus the low PE is giving you that value peg. Shares down 29% year to date now. So that's why you're getting this uh, change in the valuation. It's getting close to the 15, not quite there yet. I am waiting on it to get 
a little bit cheaper, or if it will, for me to add more to my position. Because I do own this one in my own personal portfolio, but I'm waiting because it still kind of has that negative bent there. So I'm still watching that, and we're going to see what it reports in this upcoming earnings report as well. A couple others, Amazon It's now trading with a PE of 68.9. Now you might say, oh, Tracy, that's still outrageous. It's still crazy. It's not a value. And that's true. It's not a value. But remember, Amazon was up well over 100 times on other shows where I've covered covered Amazon stock and took a look at it. And it's not that long ago, it was trading at like 300 times forward earnings. So just at 68 now, it's going in the right direction for those of us who are value investors. And I do own Amazon in my own personal portfolio as a growth play, not as value, but I'm starting to perk up a little here on the value side. Year to date, the shares are still up, but up 13% only, and they are off the highs, which is why we're getting that more attractive valuation as well, just like Facebook. So keeping an eye on that one. So let's take a look at Alphabet because that's another one that I know a lot of you are looking at, and it's not as cheap as I thought it might be. Its shares are only down 7% year to date now, and it's still trading at 23 times. So that's a little more expensive than I thought. It has traded as low as 17 times on prior episodes of the podcast and on the Market Edge when I've taken a look at it. So this isn't quite as cheap. It does have an interesting peg. It's just 1.3. So that's getting closer to the value peg that I like to look for. So Google Alphabet, I own this one in my own personal portfolio. I'm not adding to my position here, but I am watching it because it could too get a little bit interesting if the sell-off continues in the FANG names. So let's switch over to the ends of the FANGs. I'm going to do both Netflix and NVIDIA here since we're going into the new year and a lot is going on with both of them. So Netflix shares still up 17% year to date. It's not anywhere cheap. It's still the most expensive of the fangs at 88 times and its peg is nearly three. So it doesn't have that component either. I'm not a big fan of Netflix myself and I don't own it, but I know many of you do, but still not quite on sale there. We're going to have to wait a while for Netflix to truly be a value stock. And then NVIDIA, this is more interesting. Shares are now down 37% year to date. Most of you know the problems in the semiconductors and just the cycle really, I guess it's not even really a problem. It's just the cycle is hitting them and everybody's gotten out. So shares down 37%. Trading at 17 times now, that is a much more attractive valuation, but kind of in the value trap category, remember. PEG is 1.7, and so that's a little bit more pricey. But again, I'm going to do a semiconductor show, I'm sure, in the next couple months after we get some more earnings reports in from some of them. But we are seeing those value trap kind of characteristics still with the semiconductors. We were in seeing that in most of them the last time that I covered them on the value trap or value stock show that I did on them. So still just keeping them on the watch list here. But I think we're 
going to have a couple quarters of this down cycle before those earnings start to turn around again. So something to keep an eye on there. So that pretty much sums up a lot of the cheapness that I'm seeing out there. And of course, there's energy stocks, which I didn't cover at all here because I have covered them frequently in the last several weeks as the energy group as a whole has really just collapsed again. This is shades of 2015 when the shares got really cheap, the insiders are buying in a lot of the names over there, and I'm sure they will continue after earnings season again if the shares stay this depressed. So that's another area to keep on your list. There's a lot lot of list keeping here going into 2019, but this is a once in a 10 year opportunity that we haven't seen in quite some time. And so it's good to nibble around and to maybe take some new positions or add to old positions. And remember, dollar cost averaging is your friend in these kind of market slides because you can't time the bottom. So putting in a little bit here and a little bit there. There's nothing wrong with that strategy. Most of you already deploy it if you're putting in a monthly amount into a 401k or an IRA, you are dollar cost averaging on the way down. So you're getting it as it goes on sale. You might get 10% off, then you you maybe you're getting some 20% off, then maybe you're getting 30% off. And remember, stocks are the only item that I know when it goes on sale, people do not want to buy them. For whatever reason, we do not. The fear takes over the emotions and we run away instead of running in. But if you can control that fear a little bit, you'll see that there are a lot of great companies that are trading on the cheap now. So heed some of Warren Buffett's advice from 2008. Start to look around, buy American, that's what I'm doing, and buy good quality companies that have good fundamentals. You know how to find them. We just found a couple of them here for this show. So there's going to be others. Keep an eye on in 2019. So let's recap all the tickers because there was a lot in this episode. So we had Citigroup, ticker C, Huntsman on the chemical side, H-U-N, Macy's on retail, which is just M as in Mary, MetLife is M-E-T on insurance side. We had the maker of trucks. So we had a manufacturer, Picar, P-C-A-R, another retailer you might want to keep an eye on, Restoration Hardware, which now goes by R-A also ticker RH. Then Chipotle, one of the few among here that is not anywhere close to being a value and not super on sale here. Chipotle's CMG is the ticker. Apple, still a value stock, AAPL. Facebook, looking close, ticker FB there. Alphabet Google is G-O-O-G-L. Not yet a value there. Netflix, the most expensive of the fangs, NFLX, and NVIDIA, kind of a pseudo fang, we'll we'll call it in there. The second N, NVDA, could be a value trap, so be careful of the semis in there into 2019. So a lot going on, and we're going to be covering it all in the new year. So you don't want to miss a single episode because earnings season is heating up. So we'll be covering that, plus more value stocks as this correction continues, or even if we get a bounce here, lots of cheap stocks out there, earnings coming up. So we'll get some new names and we'll get some good guidance 
guidance probably going into the new year from a lot of these companies. So you don't want to miss a single episode. Get us on Apple. We're on Apple Podcasts over as a standalone show now on Apple Podcasts, our own show, Value Investor Podcast is there. Or you can get us two for one on SoundCloud under the Zach's Market Edge. We're also on Spotify as a standalone. So catch us over there, but be sure to get us somewhere. And I'll see everybody again in 2019.